welcome back to another podcast episode i thank you for listening i thank you for being you i thank you for tuning in and i'm super excited for you to listen to this episode i am eternally grateful for all that you are and your healing journey and all that you will be and i hope you see your own magic because there's somebody out there that does see it today we have two guests and i'm gonna have them introduce themselves should i go like (laughs) i think at this point we're already introduced enough (laughs) oh shit you know what my name is luca and i'm a bad bitch Oh, God. Is that, and I have to follow after that. Yeah. I can't top that. My name's Troy and I'm from Texas. That's all I got. Well, oh. welcome. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the supernatural and anything else that kind of gets brought up. Today is like a it's kind of like a spoof podcast. Like, it, we're all just going to be giggling and just speaking about, I guess, whatever comes up. So, tune in and thank you for being you. So, whoever wants to take the leads, I don't know if you want to start with your own stories, try with the supernatural, but. Oh, boy. Oh, that's just putting me on the spot. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> got to spark it first. All right. Um, What? I haven't had many encounters with the supernatural. I'm also like a person that I might see something, but I'm like, oh, hell no. And I'll just pretend like it didn't happen. And I'll just keep doing what I did throughout the day. I personally, this is just my personal belief. I don't believe that like ghosts are like real the way people think they're real in movies. I think like if I see a shadow or if I like, for example, were to see a little girl crying in the corner that's literally in my head just a reflection of me and that's like one of my shadows mm-hmm. and sometimes people will be like oh my god I just saw a face in the window like they probably did but that's also probably just like a shadow within themselves yeah I've heard that too like when you'll see like um like a shadow in the corner or like you see something move out of the corner of your eye it's an aspect of yourself and it's not like you just said, it's an aspect of yourself. It's not something fearful. And yeah. I remember also, like, when we were at your house, Luca. Oh, God damn. Uh, seeing, like, that shadow. I saw that thing, like, six times. And the first time yeah. I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm seeing things. Like, what is this? And then Hannah's like, oh, I saw it, too. And I was like, oh, thank God. I'm not the only one. But we all came to, like, a collective that it was a curious energy, whatever it was. And, yeah. and it now- was okay. Yeah, and now we're homies. Like, I literally have tea parties with her, and me, <laughs> me and her share slices of pizza in the kitchen at midnight. So, like, yeah, we're we're homies now, so it's all good. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Luca, I don't know if I'm – I think I told Hallie instead of you, but uh, mm-hmm. there was uh, the stories about my house as well. And I don't know if you were in that FaceTime. No, I, I think she was gone for that one. I think that was uh, just me and you. Do you want me to repeat that? That would actually be very, very perfect. Yeah. Do you want to repeat that story? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll repeat it. Okay. So <clears throat> basically, um, in my house, uh, my hometown, um, 
we have always experienced like things here and there and it's like i mean it's like nonchalant things that towards me everybody else freaks about freaks out of it like there's always um my friends when i bring them over when i brought them over they would uh they would absolutely freak out if I told them anything about it. So then I just stopped telling anything like to see if it's actually there for other people, see if people are actually like hallucinating or just making this stuff, stuff up in in their head, which 90% of the time, I think that's what's happening. And like y'all said, it's a reflection of yourself now that I can see the full aspect of everything. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So my cousin, the first encounter, not first encounter, the thing, this is like, um, one of the handful of times that it has happened, but <clears throat> I was uh, still in high school at the time. And basically, <clears throat> I left the living room and it was just her and I at the house that night. And I left the living room while she was doing homework and I left my door cracked open because she was freaked out, as always, by whatever entity or reflection, whatever anybody wants to call it, uh, whatever it is. Um, freaks her out, <clears throat> but she was doing homework. I went to bed and I had a uh, football practice the next morning. And so left the door cracked. And like I said, told her she needs, I mean, if she gets scared or anything, I'm right there. Well, I proceeded to go to bed <clears throat> and then I was woke up by something tapping me on the shoulder. So I assume it's her instantly. Cause I see a shadow go straight back into the living room and I was like, Oh, okay whatever, go right back to bed. And then later on the next day, my cousin was freaked out and she was, uh, she was telling me that she got really freaked out than the previous night before. And, um, that she got really, really bad chills and went to my room and told me, uh, that she's really freaked out and I told her to go away immediately. And I can't recollect anything from that, that night before. I mean, I sleep talk all the time. Um, sometimes, I don't know, I, I'm weirdly aggressive in my sleep. I'm like, especially me sleep talking, I will scream and yell at literally anything and everybody. Doesn't matter if there's somebody in the room or not. But uh, yeah, she told me that uh, I told her to go away in a very angry voice and so I was like, uh, did you mess with me last night? And she was like, what? I messed with you. And I was like, um, something definitely touched me last night. And she was like, no, I didn't go into your room except for when I, when I had told you um, I'm, I'm leaving basically because that freaked me out. And so I was freaked out, super freaked out because, I mean, whatever it was, whatever reflections, it touched me mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was just me hallucinating from me waking up in the middle of my my dreams but I don't know it's definitely something very interesting and I, I did have a mark on my body the next day but I don't know if that was just me like rolling over my sleep and brushing my skin up, up against something and because mm-hmm. I, I tend to sleep with like my phone and everything in my bed for some reason but mm-hmm. yeah that's my story right there yeah that's I feel like it's so hard for that to be like an aspect of you when it felt so outside of you but yeah that you can go 
I was gonna say that made me think of an experience I actually had like a couple months ago. Okay. Well, the floor is yours now. You gotta talk about it now. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, I like when I first started my job. I don't know. This is more about like bad energy, and oh, actually, I have two things. Okay, so first off, I felt like this weird negative energy one morning when I woke up. I was like, "This isn't mine." I'm feeling like drained and I'm feeling like really tired and kind of like annoyed and aggressive. And I was like, this definitely is not mine. So that night I went to bed and I put like an evil eye necklace on and I woke up and I had a horrible rash around my neck Mm. and I was so confused and I kept scratching at it the rest of the day. And then I forgot what happened. I think I just like kind of tried to banish that energy, but I was just like, there was something definitely energetically trying to attack me that was not mine at all. And there's this show on Disney Plus, and it used to air on TV like a long time ago, and it's called So Weird. And it's basically like these kids who are very much into like the supernatural and like different phenomenons. And in one episode, they were talking about how when everyone thinks of a different energy, like, you know, how kids growing up, they have that um, like imaginary friend, and that Mm -hmm. kid will like literally speak into the universe that there's actually an energy there like it's like a dinosaur or maybe it's like another little boy like that kid actually can create a physical entity because he's always giving that object like attention and he's like constantly projecting that there's actually something there and in the episode they were talking about how like when a lot of people can join forces they can actually create like an actual entity to appear when you're constantly giving it attention and I was just thinking about that and like people who go to haunted houses and stuff and everyone's like oh my god there's actually like a little girl there I feel like you can definitely like create an entity to actually come alive most definitely yeah that's that's kind of linking a lot of the things that that has happened to me at the house before because I noticed that like I've told Hallie this before on that that FaceTime that uh um that specific all those things that were happening in that happening in the house really never happened because like to me specifically like i have my door closed 90 percent of the time um and i just felt like i had my own energy in my like um i would i would set intentions before like if i got scared of anything and um i don't know yeah i'd set my intentions and then I just go along with my day, but it seemed as if like when I brought friends over or my family members, they would always be giving this energy a um, negative feeling for some reason. And I think that might have been a projection from possibly the, their younger selves or how how often they watch scary movies and how much they're affected about, by it. Um, mm-hmm. But Every time I had my door closed, I really didn't have any issues inside my room. And it kind of makes a lot of sense because I didn't have my door closed that specific night with my cousin and things did happen to me. But um, I don't know about the other instance where my aunt had called me uh, into the living room and she it was actually 30 miles away from home. But I don't know, I guess I guess it fed into like there's some instances where I won't fully um, set my intentions and feel um, safe in the moment. And it kind of attacks me because I, I get really overwhelmed by the feeling and the energy. And it just manipulates 
my thoughts, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, that is like, that's a whole other like conversation that's, that opens up. And it's, it is the narrative um, of scary movies and like ghost stories that give these things bad raps. And I think that a lot of the times they're curious because I don't think, well, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Therefore, I don't know if they come in ghost form or what spirits do afterwards. I don't really yeah. like, understand that part. But I think that they're they're never here for harm. I think they're all just like curious that that we still have physical form and they don't. And they're like, okay, now I get to observe this thing I call human. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And then society, maybe it was also a really, really good thing. Like these like entities were a really beautiful thing. And then Hollywood took it and it swapped it to make it a bad thing. And now they're just like, maybe they're sad. Honestly, I don't know. And they're just like, why are they making us bad things when we're, when they were never inherently bad, but it's to give it a storyline and a narrative of freaking the collective of people out. That's a whole other thing that just like circulated in my mind. That's mm. actually very wild because that could be like associated with um, like power as well. I mean, you said yeah. Hollywood. I mean, it kind of really does make sense now because Hollywood gives us negative energy to all these scary, scary movies and everything. And then that kind of just imprints fear into our minds and then i don't know if that just makes us easily controlled by um powerful um companies and um movie producers that i don't know it's kind of creepy to think about that now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense like if someone were to say oh that place is haunted people I mean, some people would probably be more inclined to go there, but if you're like, dude, like, don't go there, like, that's unsafe. I feel like it kind of makes people not want to touch it as much. And maybe that's why, like, like you were saying before, people become fear-based around things. And instead of, like, actually tapping into that energy and that power, like, um, higher-ups will control us by ingraining that fear within us. And that's probably why there are a lot of, like, horror movies that just, like, don't make sense and yeah it definitely it's interesting and psychologically that that really also does make sense i mean it it's easily like i mean you can easily manipulate people by um forcing fear on them and i don't know that makes that makes a like extreme sense because i mean there's factual knowledge that that fear is a big part of it I'm sorry. I heard a voice. No, you're good. <laughs> I thought I was tripping for a second. <laughs> that was Tony. Yeah, my track. Oh, oh crap. You heard that? <laughs> sorry. That was, no, that was yeah. actually that was the ghost in my house. He was asking him something was wet. Oh <laughs> what? <laughs> It just took a turn really quick. Yeah, completely redirected now. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking about, I had this, okay, so one day in elementary school, I think this was like fifth grade, me and my friends started a ghost club. 
And I remember that night, well, first of all, we would be on the playground. There was, like, this fence. And the other side of the fence was, like, sketchy. But somebody left, like, a paper bag out there. I mean, a plastic bag. And it was, like, blowing around in the wind. And I was, like, oh, my God, it's a ghost. And then we were all, like, freak out on the playground. And then I remember coming home and not being able to sleep. So my mom came in. She's, like, what's wrong? And I'm, like, I'm so scared because of ghosts. And she's like, girl, just read this book. And it was like a Geronimo Stillskin, like the mouse investigator dude, like book. And I'm like, okay, it's not that serious. But it, it I, I don't even have words. It just like manipulates the fear-based thing like we're saying. And it, it's really, really interesting because me as a child, I grew up loving dolls and then I started seeing things for Chucky and Annie or Annabelle. What is her name? Annabelle? Anna Marie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That bitch. And I started like, I was like, hell no. I had American Girl doll, which was like my favorite thing ever. And after that, I made my grandfather like get rid of that thing. And I remember one night he's like, you have to keep it in your room. We don't have anywhere else to put it. And I swear to God. I, like, tricked myself into thinking that that thing's head turned. And I was like, get that fucking thing out of my room. Oh, I was like, no. Yeah, uh-uh. And then there was, like, all those things all over YouTube. Like, like the dolls had moving or, like, the Barbie dolls moving. And I was like, fuck this. Fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I can't do it. So I hated dolls from then on. And I always had to, like, hide that around, like, my little cousin's like why I was scared from dolls because my mom was just like you can't tell them those are scary and I'm like girl I I don't know it's just just what they do to that it's terrifying to be honest I'm terrified of dolls as well so that's that's a bad thing so (laughs) yeah my grandma literally had like her guest room when we would um go over there and uh spend some time Mm -hmm. on the weekends we would uh we would be put in the guest room me and my sister or me and my brother whoever and she literally had it like stacked with porcelain like old porcelain oh. dolls yeah. yeah and then there was one uh creepy creepy ass doll up uh it had a swing set like drilled into the uh the roof and what? yeah oh, so hell it was, no. i mean it was just like her aesthetic and she had like tons of the um I don't know what those bears are called, but they're all like different colors and everything. She had a glass case of all those, but that doll specifically almost ruined my childhood because of it's just sitting on a swing and I I just couldn't, I could never go to sleep because I would always be staring at it when my uh, eyes would adjust to the darkness in the room. It would mm-hmm. just be right there in my yeah. field of view. When I went over to the house that I was dog sitting at, like, the first day, I go into the guest bedroom, and her trunk is open, like, you know, like, the little trunks where people keep stuff in, Mm -hmm. and the one thing that's in there is a fucking, like, old, ancient 1920s doll, and I closed that crap real quick, so I was like, who, (laughs) I was like, did she open that to prank me, because that shit's scary as hell. Oh, yeah, my, my grandfather... He passed away, I think, like, five years now. But his doll, as a child, is this little boy with, like, red overalls on. And, like, busted-ass shoes. Like, the eyeballs are scary as hell. This thing is, like, bald. And it has, like, a cracked head. And my dad, it's sitting on the shelf in the living room. And every time somebody comes over, they're like, 
what is that doll doing on the shelf? And I'm like, do not ask me because that thing is scary as hell. And he's like, it's a memento. Yeah. I'm like, you better get that shit off the wall because one day I'm going to look at it and it's going to wink at me and I'm going to shit my pants and I'm going to go running outside <laughs> fucking fast. Was it, does it not open and close its eyes? Because when I was there, that bitch was blinking. Oh, I, I know you would say that. It only winked for you. I guess so. I guess he had a soft spot for me. Yeah. Maybe it came and kissed your hand at night. Did y'all ever have like an irrational fear of like clowns at all? Yes. <laughs> we had a porcelain clown doll as well. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And my dad found uh, before him and my mom divorced. So he always had the weird porcelain antiques like chickens. I don't know why he hoarded those around. He had like, I don't know, like a 100 different chicken uh antiques and it was just oh it was too much for me but that doll specifically is disgusting yeah i don't blame you i don't know why we invented clowns or like why that became like a cool thing anyhow because clowns within itself always gave me the ick like besides like horror movies i'm just like why is this thing with a big nose and big feet like why is it looking at me but i also learned that clown were clowns were made as a racist joke so i think there was always like a bad connotation to clowns anyhow yeah but tell me why like it all has to do with kids stuff like dolls clowns Mm -hmm. um i don't know jumpy castles like weird children things like why do they have to turn into like scary stuff because kids are the easiest to manipulate and if you start them out young being fearful of everything they're always going to be fearful yep that makes sense what year was that when all the killer clowns started roaming around do y'all remember that yeah that was yeah um no i think it was earlier than 2019 i think it was 2017 2018 okay that makes that makes more sense Mm -hmm. oh wow yeah that was whack. I remember my school like going on shutdown and like my teacher being like, we're not going to be talking about this, but please be aware. And I was just like, girls, are you are you serious? Like, this is a real thing. And oh, my God, on my like my campus uh, for like college classes that I was taking the past like three years. So last year was the first day going back after COVID. Um, and I had to say that because they'll like censor this whole thing if I say the whole word and what happened was this like guy was messing around with everybody on campus and he started writing down his name and he's like this clown and he would leave red balloons tied to trees all over campus and I guess he showed up one day and I think he got arrested or something but he was all over our campus and me and my friends were like fuck no like if that dude comes out running after us, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. But, like, that wasn't even funny. I'm just like, why would you do that? Like, it's too serious at this point. And this was just last year. I have a very curious question. Do y'all's, do y'all's teachers, like, care or anything? No. Do so yours? Our teachers? Our teachers? Yeah. Yeah, teachers. <laughs> um, well, we, every teacher in, well, in my school, my high school, had a locker room at the corner of the room and that locker not a locker room but uh, just one singular locker or two I, don't, I can't hardly remember 
but there was a pistol in there. And oh, the was, that's the most it, Texas thing I ever heard in my life. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say. the thing is, is the school really didn't try to mention it as much. But I mean, all the kids knew. And then I remember our English teacher, we were like, so do you really expect we like we were asking very, very like smart questions. It's like, do you really expect me to sit in here when like if some like a school shooter comes in here and I'm going to start running like it's a super small school. I'm getting out of here as soon as I can. And um, she was like, oh, no, I have it handled. And we were like, what? You have it handled? And we were just like, I mean, you're like a 60 year old woman and you're just old. And then we were all just <laughs> kind of clowning on her at that point. She points into the corner of the room and we we're like, what? And she goes, pew, pew. I said, what's going on we all just started <laughs> busting out laughing and then we uh asked one of our closer teachers she was our uh class representative uh if there's pistols in those lockers and she said there's a pistol in a majority of those lockers they like do shifts and they switch them around <laughs> oh god damn yeah and it, it's pretty yeah but we really didn't ever have any lockdowns that I can think of, and maybe that's the reason why. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we know that old bitch has a whole AK-47 in her closet, so we ain't gonna yeah. mess with her. We've even had bomb threats, and <laughs> we didn't even shut down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would that's... shut down over some of the, like, a parent, like, going crazy in the office or so. something, something, something stupid, you know? Damn. Yeah, that's one of the most Texas things I think I've ever, ever heard. But most of, like, the worst shootings have ever happened in Texas. So I guess it checks out as to why they would have lockers of a gun in their classroom. Yeah. Shoot, we would (laughs) – and apparently for other schools, this is another curious question I have as well, but do y'all, like, usually close y'all's doors for y'all's classrooms? Because – Every single classroom we would have, mm-hmm. it was our doors propped open and we come and go as we please. And I've heard that people usually have their doors locked and we just kept ours wide open. Dang. Um, I don't really remember. Ooh. I think at my school, they would have like a magnet, you know, that put, you put it over the little door handle thing. And so you can open and close it. But if, like, the teacher doesn't want anyone coming in because it's, like, testing or whatever, she would take the magnet out of the door so, like, it would close all the way. Oh, okay. But... So is it, like, electronically? Like, like... No, it was just some cheap-ass magnet you get at the dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, thinking about it, we did shut out all of our doors. But at my school... I don't know what it was about our teachers. I was always, like, the class clown of, like, the classes. I always got in trouble with all the teachers, and I don't know why they all hated me, but the one thing I do remember is getting my finger slammed in a doorway, so I'm pretty sure they shut the doors all the way. Because of that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's basically right there. (laughs) My finger almost snapped in half that day, so that's my only (laughs) recollection of knowing. God damn. (laughs) <laughs> I remember though like at school this was only an elementary school but you would have to stand at the door and like you would have to knock on the air kind of like to get the teacher's attention and then she'd be like oh you have to go pee so you can go pee but like 
I also had a fear, like, I would never ask to go to the bathroom during school because I was scared, like, so. Hey, yo, somebody <laughs> shitting in there? <laughs> Literally. No, I was scared, like, a fire alarm would happen or, like, you know, something, someone would come and destroy us. And, like, I would be in the toilet. Oh. It was, like, You're, like, the only ever. one left alive taking the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've had that same exact feeling. It's, like, I don't. It's also like FOMO, like I'm going to miss out on something. But yeah, like if something were to happen, it's like, oh my God, I'm all alone now. What do I do? Yeah. That's why I like, never mind. <laughs> we would join up in the bathrooms, if anything. We would, we would always meet like every, every, uh, like the middle of every period. We would have like nine periods in a day. So they're all like 30 minutes, 40 minutes long. And we would go straight into the bathroom in the middle of every period or just like we just set times to go in there and meet up and then at a, at a certain point we all just started going there at the same time without even having to set times to go damn we just that sounds... go in there and chill mm-hmm. we we really hated our teachers to be honest <laughs> i don't blame you that's always would... like fun oh yeah i forgot to mention it was like a extremely small school so that probably makes a lot more sense to the oh yeah story damn yeah (laughs) what were you saying luca um i don't quite remember but do you guys want to talk about aliens yeah yeah um i love aliens and my dream is to get abducted one day Hmm. um actually i only claim that like only good cool aliens abduct me None of that weird steal my eggs type of alien. Probe you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I don't fuck with all that. <laughs> Talk more about that. Talk more about what? Someone stealing my eggs? <laughs> oh god. I don't know, whatever. Um uh I don't know, like aliens are really cool and I think like sometimes there's clouds in the sky that are disguised as clouds when really they're just like alien spaceships. Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. True. What are they like harvesting like lightning? Imagine. Ooh. Oh my I god. Think, I think I picked that up off of some social media post or something. Ooh. Also, this idea that I know for a fact is <laughs> literally the underneath the ocean, you know, like no one can breathe it's super dark there's like weird ass like alien looking fish the bottom of the ocean is a portal to outer space yes i've talked that's like my favorite conspiracy theory and i i don't know if who started that conversation first either i brought it up to you or you brought it up to me but i think i think think you brought first but i knew about it and that's how (laughs) i knew you were my soulmate (laughs) yeah (laughs) that makes sense because that was like the try the first time i remember like asking you what your favorite conspiracy theory was we started talking about that. Oh yeah, like the Mariana Trench and yeah. Have you ever seen Pacific Rim where where they fight the um the that's actually like uh, literally fits this story. What is way it called? Too well, Pacific Rim. Ooh, I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, it's it's about um basically these they're called kaiju's and they're like this alien species that completely just showed up out of nowhere out of the ocean and started just ramp i mean they're the size of multiple uh, skyscrapers like 
they can range from like a small building to like extremely massive. So basically like the government and all the world's uh, all the countries were in shambles in this movie and they basically created these massive robots to uh but the whole the whole reason they they figured out I mean they figured out their origin and what's going on but there was a um a rift at the bottom of the ocean I guess the Mariana Trench or something else maybe just deep points in the ocean and it was literally a portal to a different dimension and there were like a higher intelligent alien species controlling these these other um kaijus and they were basically just rampaging earth and it was insane because i mean it just gives you a whole different like idea on like what could be down there because that could possibly happen something like that right yeah and nasa was meant for oceans and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, let me go explore space. It's like, of course they must have found something. Like, they were made for oceans and only 5% of water has been explored. Like, that makes no sense when the world is made up of 70% water and only 5% is explored. Yep. That's way too creepy. I mean, I, I have a really mm-hmm. irrational fear of deep water. Anything... If it gets yeah. dark and I look below me and it's dark, I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't even be on the water in the first place. But <laughs> I, that's that's not my deal. I don't like that. Yeah, it's a it's a funny feeling. I don't really have irrational fears of that, but I always think about it when I'm in water, and then I just have to calm down my mind about like what that is. But I was just watching a. Uh, this tv show my sister recommended to me and it's um it's in polish and in and in russian but it's called um the girl and the astronaut and it has like english subtitles but basically they were like um they they're pilots for like the polish military and in the end scene i never noticed this until i like was watching edits on tiktok and then somebody pointed it out and at the end, when they're, like, showing, like, the credits of each episode, the pilots fly up in the air, and it goes to water. And they're like, do you guys notice that? Like, that's another confirmation of that. And I'm like, oh, my God. They just showed it in plain sight. And they're supposed to be, like, flying to space, but it goes through a portal of water, like, through the sky. Do you guys also notice whenever, like, an astronaut comes back down from outer space, they always land in the ocean? Oh, that's such a good point. Are you talking about in there like pods and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that is terrifying. Honestly, did they? I I get freaked out over conspiracies like that because like my mind has been altered to think a certain way for most of my life already. So it's just like I don't know. It's still that rational fear of just like what if there's something out there? Would I want it to be out there? You know? Right. If I would fully accept it or just keep on believing what everybody tells me, and I. I that's just something that sits really uh, weird with me. That is completely fair because, I mean, we all have our fears and there is something weird about the water. But, I mean, also at the same time, I think that a lot of um, movies are now coming out showing how beautifully made and how wonderfully amazing the water really is. And so it's following which narrative we want to feel into like avatar the way of water i mean there was like chaos in the water 
but there was also that deep connection back with the ocean. And this year, which is really, really interesting, I think that as a collective, we're all shifting into some way of the water, which is ironic me even just saying that. Because like what's coming into store, I mark my word, anybody that's listening to this, mermaid core is a thing and it's going to be huge this summer. Mermaid core. (laughs) Yeah, everybody in their... Okay, so I went to a thrift store and all over there were shell necklaces. All over my TikTok feed is these people buying stuff for mermaid core. When I was with Luca, our friend was talking about stories of like her visions of being like a mermaid and or like connecting with mermaids. And mermaids are a huge it's gonna be a huge talk this summer. I don't know why, yep. but it's that's just how it's going to be. And that whole topic is coming back into light. And it's really, really interesting that we talk about aliens out in outer space, but we don't talk about the aliens that are in the water. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, is if I had any like, um, like assurance of these things, like if aliens were like completely like, if I had visual proof of an alien, which I assume that some of these videos on TikTok that are constantly popping up on my uh, page. I assume that some of these might might be real, but I can't. Mm. I have to have a definite answer for some reason, and I yeah. feel like my life would completely shatter, and I would not be like, I don't know, I would not want to be working a nine to five job or right. just doing anything at all just to know that there's different existence outside of us. Yeah, completely. Because once we learn about that, everything has been a lie. Like when you really look at it Um, and that's going to shatter so many worlds because a lot of people, they don't believe in aliens at all. Like taking, for instance, anybody that might be listening that is a Christian, I'm not hating on your religion. And this is just my opinion, but talking to Christians about aliens, they're like, there's nothing else out there. There's nothing else out there. It's what God made and God wouldn't make anything bad. It's like, well, there is balance between everything in the world and nothing has to be inherently horrific or terrific. There's just experiences. Um, but they're, they don't believe at all. And so that kind of puts a narrative on things because most of the world is either Christian, Jewish, or Islamic, and they don't believe anything outside of what they've been told through their religion. So that would shatter millions and billions of people and their world would crumble and that would be like a catastrophe to capitalism yes yeah it's wild (laughs) yeah i'm still thinking i'm trying to break the silence but i'm still thinking about that i'm like (laughs) i'm in a completely different universe right now like thinking about all these probabilities (laughs) I know I can feel that like that that silence wasn't awkward. I'm like, okay, we're just gonna take a deep breath because that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Jeez, it's Louise. like, oh, I had something very very interesting in my mind. To, oh, it's just like I don't know, uh, religion. I mean, it's I hate to say it. I mean, it's I'm not trying to stereotype anybody in their religion and call them out for it but i mean it almost makes me feel slightly um at like uneasy and like i'm kind of mourn for these people that like they have so much more to experience if they open up a little bit more to these possibilities we've been talking about like and 
it just I don't want to say it seems like a waste to me because I know they'll have their chance and they will they will come around in a different lifetime and they will experience the things that I could possibly be experiencing right now or it's, it's like something similar but you know and then that goes along with the, the whole um, belief of I mean we we are all one which they will experience this feeling and they will understand this eventually maybe my part of my soul's journey is on a different it's a it's not at a different level right now but it's at a um different vibration if that makes any sense yeah different energy yeah something about religion separating ourselves from god and i've always like the past like three years of my life de constructing me being a christian beforehand and i like i remember having this very specific conversation with this guy i was talking to like three years ago and um i told him i was christian he's like well i'm not i don't believe in any of that stuff and i'm like you don't have to believe in that but i think that i'm gonna go to heaven and there's this god out there that's going to save me and i need to repent my sins i need to talk about like you know i can't do all this stuff um I have to be kind. I have to be a holy Christian. And I love praying. And speaking those words out loud felt so uncomfortable in my body. So I was like, why do I resonate with this? And then I came to realize that I was only scared of going to hell. And that's the only reason why I was Christian. And then coming back, realizing that God is not the God that we think he is. It's not this man wearing a a white linen toga with sandals and long hair. God is everything. God is you. God is me. God is within the carpet that you can feel below your feet and the water that you drink. God is within every single ounce of nature and with it's inherent within every single fabric of our being. And yeah. to bring that back, that is bringing back our power and knowing that we are God. But that is a catastrophe to power. Because if you say that we are all God, things will fall because we live, what's the word I'm looking for? We live in a, a, we live in a patriarchy. That's the word I'm looking for, I think, where the power above us keeps people below, if that's the definition of patriarchy. It, yeah, I, I mean, it almost, it almost seems as, as if it's like, a, um, I don't know, Christianity is kind of uh, capitalism in itself as well. Yeah, like it's kind of terrifying. Don't get me wrong. Like when I was, well, I was a completely uh, full force of head, full force ahead uh, Christian. You know, mm. I really, I kind of um, reminisce on that now because I did feel like I had a lot more security, and yeah. to know that like I'm trying to experience like these different things and then like understand what this power I'm feeling now besides Christianity. Because I mean, I I don't. I don't follow those beliefs anymore. So it was, it was a privilege to feel that way and to understand everything. And then like, I felt at ease, but now like mental health is a really big deal for me ever since like I parted ways from that. And I'm, I'm kind of seeing the, like um, the synchronicities add up from me parting ways from that religion. And like, it almost like, it's kind of defeating and it's like an ego death in almost a way because like, mm -hmm. I don't feel as if I, I want to uh, find a reason to be here, but I know there is. 
but that has to be found within myself and I'm understanding that slowly. But the whole reason, the reason to follow Christianity was such an easier, um, like, I don't know, I didn't really have to be too terribly thoughtful. I just followed the word uh, through the Bible. And, mm -hmm. and some, sometimes that they just like, that's, that's the way people really would prefer it. And I, I don't blame them. I mean, it's okay. They can, they can go do these things, but now I'm seeing all these other things and I would totally much rather pick this other than that, but I respect Christianity over my spirituality. Yeah, I've re I was feeling oddly the same way. So my second round of like really, really bad anxiety came this past December. And there was a moment on the couch when I was talking to my mom and she's like, you need to find faith again. And I'm like, I don't want to believe in God because that brought me a sense of security that was outside of me and it made me feel fearful. But one thing I did love about following a religion is because, is because it gave me a sense of security. Yeah, I believed in this, this man in the sky and therefore if I repent my sins and I do all these things, he says, I'm going to be okay and I'm going to be safe and I'm going to live a holy, beautiful life. But if I go outside of that, does that mean I'm risking going to hell? And I don't still have those. I don't have a thought of going to hell. But I'm like, if I believe in God, then I have faith in something. And that sometimes can ground me better in my body. So what I've done is I've leaned more towards Buddhism, where it leans me more back into grounding in my body with a higher sense of, of a power that is kind of outside myself, but can also help ground me deeper in my body. And sometimes us humans, we need that religion because life can be so scary. And I completely yeah. understand that. And yeah, I, there are some Christians in my life that are very almost overbearing, but their life would completely shatter without those beliefs. And as yeah. much as I want to hate on them for having those beliefs and sometimes being harmful, I understand in hindsight why they do it and why they have those beliefs. Yeah, yeah and that's like extremely like, it's extremely brave of anybody to actually like full force leave a religion like that because at that point you're sitting in the dirt and I mean, that's all you have at that point. You don't really have anything else. So you continue. And mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things. And especially in stoicism, I don't know, but uh, I heard this guy on a podcast, actually, he was talking about stoicism or sto. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. You are. But uh, he was basically explaining that it is more logically reasonable and logically like um, it just makes more sense for um, a human to follow a, a religion because at the end you would you would make it out in the way you believe because like you would have all your faith in this thing. But like that's what that's what really gets me hung up is because like um I, I don't necessarily have I have faith in myself and that I will continue on and I will create something out of nothing. And that's that's where I kind of give myself like the belief of I am the creator. And but it's really hard just to like, you know, if there if, you know, and that's really kind of the biggest biggest talk in my brain is mm -hmm. it's always ifs. Like what if what if this, what if that, and what if they think this, and what if they think that, and I'm always so curious about all these different topics, but with a religion, I mean, it's always solidified, it's there for you, and 
but you have to experience it outside of that. If you don't want to follow this religion, you have to be completely on your own. And that's what's, I think that's the biggest, scariest thing out of the whole topic is because, I mean, you don't have a guarantee and it's, it might sound like I'm leaning more towards religion right now, but it's just a terrifying thing. Like you said, I mean, it's just, it's a lot for somebody to, to do all these things alone and spirituality is not really necessarily a religion at all and i think that's what a lot of people misconceive is that it's it's its own thing it's not necessarily even a belief system it's just a way of living other than that Mm -hmm. luca i can do you want to say something um not really (laughs) listening in because I know that you have like you grew up kind of Christian too and just wondered if you had any like similar feelings or if you feel completely opposite towards those those same Um, feelings that me and Troy had well I know like there was this one YouTube video and this girl was exploring all the places where people live into their hundreds and Mm -hmm. one thing the blue zones had in common was people had like um a community and usually people would go to church or they would pray and they had like faith and I think like you guys were saying that a lot of people have to have religion in order to ground them into the physical and it helps them have this idea that they are protected and that whatever they're doing is for a reason and I think like everyone's a spiritual being you don't have to be like spiritual to be a spiritual being Mm -hmm. yeah like I have this aunt who's super religious and I was at lunch with her one day and she was talking about how her faith is like the main priority in her life and she goes to church and she goes to all these groups and I was telling her how like I'm more spiritual and she was like almost creating the separation between my beliefs and her beliefs and how her beliefs were more truthful and they were more factual but I think there's truth to everything and if someone Mm -hmm. is saying like Christianity is the one way of being like that's good for them but there I mean there is truth to what they believe and there's truth to what other people believe and there's truth to what like um is it agnostic or wait like yeah that's the word yeah there's truth to everything that's my gist yeah or is maybe not agnostic wait i think the word you're looking for is theist and maybe it is agnostic to not have any like beliefs there is gnostic as well yeah, yeah there's agnostic but... gnostic and i mean they're they're mm-hmm. they all just basically um i'm pretty sure agnostic is you know you don't believe in any certain set religion but you do believe there's maybe that's gnostic you do yeah, believe I... there's a higher power Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's agnostic where like you don't necessarily believe there's a higher power, but you also don't believe that there's nothing. Yeah, you won't count yeah. it out or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And we are inherently all spiritual beings. Like spiritual beings just means human. And when people attack even spirituality, it's like we're not saying that we belong to anything or anyone. We belong to all because we yeah. are all. Yeah. And it's not separating ourselves from anything, but it's 
it's melting back into the melting pot of who we are as are in our humanness. Yeah. And I believe like I am God and I think everyone's right. God. And yeah, I think like some people find that to be scary to mm-hmm. think like, Oh my God, like I control my reality. Like everything's a reflection of me. Like that's terrifying to think about. I find power thinking about that. Like I think that's the most powerful thing ever. Yeah, yeah. That just gave me a crazy insight into my whole, whole life is because like I do kind of have to take an account of like how I'm going to feel these certain, maybe that's why I've been having such a disconnection to my emotions because like it's very stressful to have to have to try to uh, create guidelines for myself and maybe that, and that's possible how religion was created is create guidelines for people so they can feel safer. But it's just almost as if I'm out here raw dog in life right now and creating it for myself. (laughs) Yeah, it is scary to not like, I mean, it's a, it's a mix between because sometimes I kind of crave like sometimes religion also feels like a soft like mother, like cradling you in her arms. And it's like, okay, like, I'm going to be there for you. I have your back because there's churches all over. And if you are Christian or you're not, you can literally go to a church and they will give you money. Like, they will give you money. And that's crazy because the communities of churches around the world and sometimes to separate yourself from that, it can be scary because there's not so many people that are grounded in their own beliefs like you are your own God. And I think I have a mix between both of your guys' energy towards those things where it's just like, but it's also surrendering. And it is really scary too to recognize that everybody's a reflection of us and to really be able to tap into that and be vulnerable in that moment, like, oh, you did that thing and it pissed me off. Can we talk about it? And then you realize, oh, it's a trauma from when you were five years old. And then you end up sitting there crying or getting upset or throwing a fit, realizing that it was this whole unfolding story within itself. And a lot of people aren't ready to do that in this lifetime. And they're, they just aren't meant to. And that's okay because we're all here for a purpose. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like some people aren't meant to awaken, I guess, this life. They're meant to be kind of these guiding pillars for other people to find themselves. Because a lot of people Mm -hmm. come here to just like um, be guides for others to reach their higher timeline, if that makes sense. But at the same time, no one's like above anyone else. We're all just like pieces of a bigger puzzle. Yeah. It's crazy. The more I listen to y'all talk about y'all's own like experiences and things like it, it's linking um, different thoughts in my head and just kind of like making sense of more things slowly. And it's just, I don't know, it's nice to like listen to more people talk about things I'm interested in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, like I said this all the time, there's, you're going to find more people that are open-minded like this, but it also takes, it takes a lot of vulnerability for people to actually open up and be who they want to be around people because it it takes an ego death it takes because fear and ego go hand in hand and we'll being we'll be fearful of being vulnerable and being open thinking that we're gonna have a lack of something when we're that because 
it's a very uncommon thing that we experience in society. But when we open up, we notice that everybody is just that puzzle piece for us. And no matter what conversation you have with anybody, even if somebody pisses you the fuck off, that was a puzzle piece for you. It was for you to recognize, why am I judging them so harshly? And actually, I have a quote that I need to read. So I have like the subscription to this guy's text named Corey, and he has like a whole like influence on Instagram. And um, this one came through today. It says, "Judging others is often our ego's first time." Or hold on, judging others is often our ego's first line of defense against facing our own insecurities. And when we judge another person, it's so easy to do that because that's our first reaction. But then to dive deeper and to say, holy crap, why did that hurt me so badly? And then to f- reflect. But also, one of our mutual friends, me and Luca's mom, is also like an influencer. And she talked about this on our platform, that it takes two to tango in a karmatic cycle. So that means no matter what other person you're talking to, it takes two people to put in effort to learn from each other. So I learned a lot from Luca. Luca learns a lot from me. We're constantly talking about how we trigger the fuck out of each other. And I'm learning from you, Troy, as you are learning from me. And it takes two people to notice within each other our own insecurities and our own battles to recognize that was a piece of me. How can I dive deeper into that? But you can only do that by connecting with others. We can self-isolate we can go quiet for a while sometimes we have to do that to recuperate but the most learning takes place when we're talking and being in connection with another human being yes exactly and it's it's a really hard lesson to learn like to feel fully vulnerable within that moment and allow it to be how it is. It takes a lot of effort to just set aside our fears and to dive deep into that. And me and Luca have also been like doing a lot of shadow work with with each other, where, um, or even just our a fear of ours will come up when we're talking, and we both do this where something fearful will come up and we want to push it away. We both have our own ways of doing things where. Um, will shut down in that moment. And so often I'll remind Luca, like, can you dive a little bit deeper just for a second? Can you be in this emotion for a few more seconds to recognize what's in your body, where it's coming from and what you're feeling instead of pushing it away? And sometimes it's, I can't do that right now. And sometimes it's, let's sit through it. I'm here. Let's talk about it. And so to anybody that's also listening to this, is it's getting anybody to just sit with you in that moment to allow yourself to dig a little bit deeper within yourself and to hug that shadow of yours and to welcome in that darkness and let it consume you for a moment and to say, hey, we're actually going to be pals. Because the more you run away from that, the more it's going to create an inner storm and the more that it's going to create so much more chaos in your life. And I think that's where a lot of mental health comes, like, to full circle moments too is because the more we repress and we're not going with the flow the more tenacity it's going to be built up within the body and that's where depression comes up that's where anxiety comes up is because we're refusing to see versions of ourselves that is there and that wants to be acknowledged 
Wow. Holly, you are a very special person. Why, thank you. That made me smile. Thank you for giving me acknowledgement on that. Yeah, I was just, like, sitting here listening to what you had to say, and I, like, closed my eyes, and I was, like, feeling what you were saying. And I don't know, like, sometimes when you talk, it's not even you who's talking. It's, like, a straight download. It's like that, that <laughs> video, the 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 trending thing. It was, like, a, a giant woman. That's what, like, in the sky. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's almost like it's coming from the sky a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm Abraham Hicks. Like, sometimes I just start talking. And things just I thought start... you were going to say Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That, too. Hopefully and... she doesn't get shot at a stage. Oh, <laughs> shit. God damn. God damn. Or a theater, my bad. <laughs> Same that, thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> Holly is no longer allowed to go to movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild to even think on it. It's just kind of crippling to even, I don't know, the the events that had to happen for to lead up to like experience this moment right now is, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I don't know, that's one thing I can really appreciate and understand a little bit better is that all these things, specific things had to happen so I could be in, in this moment at every moment in whether it was the past, mm-hmm. wh- whether it is the future, whatever moment I will be in and wh- whatever moment I was in. It's definitely, um, I don't know, it feels as if it's a privilege to be here just, I don't know, experience, experiencing all this and then seeing all I had seen, you know, and just to know that all that stuff was meant to happen and it's just, I don't know, it's very, very interesting and almost overwhelming. And it just gives me like, I don't know, it makes me feel wholesome. And just, I don't know, I really love being in the moment when I reflect back on that, just being around these people, just understanding everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Troy. So growing up as a, as a man, how does it feel in your body when you like soften up? Like, if that makes sense, like you kind of just like slow down and you like listen in or you feel more into your emotions. How does that feel in your body? And how does that like make you feel overall when most of your life you've been told you can't have these soft emotions? Uh, it just, it really honestly depends on just, uh, I don't know, a a person okay a specific character I don't know sometimes I do feel a little bit um overwhelmingly like vulnerable to some people and mm-hmm. it kind of makes me sick to be honest mm-hmm. and but then there's sometimes to where like it feels like extreme stress relief like I just mm-hmm. took some some drug that completely altered my experience on life it's just refreshing to have somebody ask you about those those things is because like I I really was never asked those things growing up at all it was just put your head down and just walk you know and or you know keep your chin up and keep a smile on your face which that's not okay I mean Mm -hmm. what if I want to put my head down and and just feel sad for some time. I'm mean, like, yeah. I, I can't feel sad as a man sometimes. And that's what I was taught. But mm-hmm. it's really refreshing to have have understanding people. And sometimes a lot of men don't receive that. And it's it's really crippling. That's It just hurts people a lot because 
just to see that walking around, you know, you can see it in some people sometimes and they will be stuck like that. They're hardwired like that for the rest of their life. And it just, I, I feel very sorrowful, sorrowful for those people. And yeah. I don't know, I'm very privileged to be where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think like in order, like men feel a lot of shame. And I think like everyone holds shame within their body and men have a lot of shame surrounding being vulnerable and like showing their emotions and we live in like a very um patriarchal like world and it's run I guess like by a lot of men and those men have to put on this hard shell of like not coming off as like if they don't care and like that they can't feel emotional about certain things and I feel like once men like you're doing now Troy start really tapping into their emotions the whole world's going to shift so drastically. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. That's, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see other, other men doing this exact thing. And, you know, a lot of them will go their whole entire life without confessing completely how they feel. And that's, that's really difficult to hear because I, I know there's family members of, of mine that, that are in constant pain of not releasing what they need to release and yeah i don't know but it, like i said i mean it's it's extremely refreshing especially y'all it's just y'all give me a different insight and after all we're all just humans and gender um race everything that i mean we're literally just a hard shell with a soul inside that is everything we are we are all we are one and it's just once you have that grasp of that reality and it's just i don't know it's very very exciting and wholesome yeah <laughs> they kind of made me giggle you said hard shell and like soul inside you know what that reminded me of is you saying you felt like a turtle and I think that maybe <laughs> this year your representation of an animal could also be a turtle right yeah that's crazy how that oh, that's wild and it's just like even with like I don't know it's funny a guitar case you know, it's it's the case on the outside. You don't see anything on the inside. But then after that, you pull out this magical object that can produce music. And that's just like, <laughs> that's wonderful. You know, it's small things like that. You can see like everything links into one. And I don't know. It's just like that. I don't know. Because it's so funny how I thought of that because I'm literally looking at a guitar case right now and then my guitar <laughs> right beside it. And it's just, I don't know. It kind of adds up, you know. Right. Yeah, I think that when men will learn at, over time how to soften their hearts and allow people in, and I've spoke about this so many times this past year or within the past six months, is letting your like your heart crack open a little bit. I think that the world will know peace, and women have done a lot of healing over the past 50 years of us taking back our power, and I think it's time for men to realize that it's okay to be soft and it's okay to be loving and it's okay to be tender. And when we know that and we embrace that as society, we will finally learn some, some level of peace and find that balance because without that balance of men also knowing that it's okay for them to be tender, it leaves an imbalance because then us feminine people, sometimes we don't know how to approach you guys because we're scared but I know you guys are scared to be vulnerable. So it's like this push and pull between masculine and feminine as well. It's like, where do we stand? And then 
if we don't communicate as the collective of people, which often people don't know how to communicate, it's like, holy crap. Yeah. No wonder there's so many failed marriages and so many failed relationships and even just friendships or situationships is because there's such an imbalance between all of that. Yeah. Right. And I think like, like you were saying, once you start tapping into your communication, like in schools, we don't learn how to properly communicate the emotions we're feeling in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to decipher like certain emotions from other emotions. And um, I think once like schools start teaching young kids how to properly um, like acknowledge the emotions they're feeling in their body and how to co-regulate, it's going to make communication a lot better and it's going to help opening up a lot easier. It's going to help it happen <laughs> easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for both of y'all. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's always uh, one of this thought in the back of my head that uh, keeps popping up is like, do y'all think something will take a, like, you know, there's this, it's hard to explain, but you know, things can get passed on through generations. And I'm not necessarily talking about like DNA and genetics and all this, but um, I mean, do y'all think that this other side of life that people aren't experiencing will subconsciously like take over and just give them a new like meaning, like the whole world on that side? I don't know how to put this into words, but like more spiritual people are leaning into being open and telling and communicating literally everything, which is the way it should be. That's, I don't know, in my mind, if there was a heaven, that would be the heaven, you know? And. Yeah. Oh, what just happened? I don't know. Troy disappeared. I think he, he like left us with that question and then bounced. <laughs> what do we do now? Do we, just, do we just talk? Yeah, let's answer that question. See if he texts you back. And then maybe you could just end the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, let's see. Hold on. I'll text him and see if he can join. He really said, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how do we want to talk about that? I um, honestly, I was kind of confused on the question, so if you could feel it out. Yeah, I had a gist. I needed to ask him a question, and then it, it left, um, or he left. And I felt like, so what he was trying to say was the spiritual community of open-mindedness and open communication. How... Or um, he was asking, do you think that, that our next generation of people is going to allow? Actually, I think I can add him again. Hold on. All right, hello? Okay, good. Hey, you're back. Okay, I sweet. Out. Somebody had called me and <laughs> just completely destroyed the whole recording and everything. For oh, me. well, it still worked. <laughs> So you're Someone back. And- about, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to thought. I completely freaked out when they called me and they declined it. <laughs> it's okay. We were trying to like uh, feel out exactly what you were trying to say. I know I can feel what you're trying to say, but okay. I can't exactly um, 
we couldn't exactly get to the point because I had another question before you left. Okay. But I can't remember the question. <laughs> All right. Well, I, th- I know where I'm at now, so that's okay. a good thing. Well, so basically, there's this there's this society of people that think alike, like us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then there's there's this other half that aren't awakened yet. Do you think that that constant um, there, you know, there's I feel like there's constant evolution between both sides. You know, people are learning different things on this side, and people are learning different things on that side for better or worse or whatever anybody wants to like make of that Mm -hmm. but do y'all think the worst side will take over before the better side would oh absolutely not that's what scares me just i don't know seeing a lot of people there's a lot of terrifying things in this world and especially politics is just i don't know adds a massive pile on top of that and yeah it's really terrifying to see all these things go yeah these certain ways and how we're hidden from the truth and yeah i don't know it's going to take a lot of very very brave people to open up and you know there's sometimes in like specific sides of me you know like i can't see that happening how some certain people and i've experienced it how they just won't open up and no matter how how hard you try to crack their shell for them they won't do it right well um I think, like, when it comes to trying to crack other people's shells open, like, you can never do someone else's healing for them. And mm-hmm. also, I think sometimes scary things have to happen for people to actually awaken. Yeah. And the people who are awakened when those scary things happen are so grounded within themselves that outside things won't shake them the same way it will people who don't have any connection to themselves. Yeah. And the universe is always trying to find a balanced state like the natural state of the universe is balance and the most natural i think the most real emotion or something is love so the universe is always going back to those two things so i don't think um bad energies or the negative things will ever take over because nothing they've never taken over before but i think the people in power try to make it seem that way but there's always yeah. been more love in the world than there has been darkness. Right. And yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And that gives me a lot more um, peace with myself is because like when somebody is completely broken and I've been super broken before, it really does. It cracks you open for yourself. Like in mm-hmm. some, some different people can do it nonchalantly and some people can actually like guide you and help you do it. And that might be afterwards after your quote unquote, like, awakening and I, I don't necessarily think I have fully awakened and I maybe it's just a constant like I will understand more and more but you know I don't know it's very interesting I and mean, it does make me feel a little bit more at peace to know that like I know at some point everybody will be broken enough so they can fix themselves back up if that makes any sense and maybe that doesn't even have to be the sole reason for somebody to have a spiritual awakening. And what if all all they see is joy and light? And I think those people have, that see all joy and light are just at a different complete. Those are they just have a different meaning on this um, astral plane. It's just there to help, there to give the hot guiding hands, and they probably have sent themselves back down into the physical world. So they can 
completely just redirect somebody's life and help them not and they and it's just like it's almost as if these people don't even know it sometimes and it's really just a blessing yeah i think that also physically or materialistically there will be some kind of and this isn't fear-mongering but this is okay any point in time when there's needed community the universe kind of gives us some kind of disaster and that's not in a bad way it's that's the thing that brings us humans back together we are so devised we are so separated within anything within shots within shot shots and stabs within politics within um within race within gender we're so devised that we do not like that sentence love thy neighbor we don't know that that's like been so blown up and it's scattered all over the fucking universe that we don't even know what that means anymore. We don't care for one another, even though we say we do until you really open up. And that's the thing is like, okay. So I think you within yourself, the way that I am perceiving this is you're scared that if the world crumbles, you might crumble with it. But you are already in your power, and I think you need to give yourself more credit. You have already awakened to a certain level of awareness within yourself. And the fun thing about that is that can never be taken away from you. That is now your power. And if even if something happens, you will always have people. I think that, like, for instance, this is where I see myself living when I'm older is in an intentional community. Nobody that's not welcome is able to step through that property. Nobody's able to hurt me. And we create a community. What happens outside of us in big cities, that's none of my fucking problem. Like, they can deal with their shit. But we will always be inherently wonderful, beautiful, and loving within ourselves. And that's where our power stems from. So we might have a crumbling of society in some way shape or form in the future but without that we will never know community because every single disaster that's happened in the past has always brought people together and that's what we need as a collective right now that definitely makes a lot more sense yeah yeah that's the least the way i see it what yeah it's the natural balance like what's up yeah so i don't think I mean, it is scary. Sometimes I think about it like, oh, crap, what if something happens? But we just got through a natural disaster or some might think it's not natural. What happened in 2020? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. You look at it in hindsight and we were we never predicted this. I mean, maybe movies predicted it, but we never sat in school thinking, oh, my God, there's this virus that's going around. And the next thing you know, the whole world is on shutdown. And that is insane. And it brought people together. People are literally on the streets, like, trading things for toilet paper. And that's community. That's adorable. And that's what we needed. For sure. It always, like, I don't know, the, the, the everybody's, I don't know, spirituality kind of, I don't know, it reminds me of uh, Star Wars a little bit for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, Yoda is just like, I don't know. <laughs> but Yoda even explains that, like, I mean it always has a way of balancing itself back out. And, you know, sometimes somebody gets the upper hand, but that's not necessarily a way of like the universe is in your favor. Yeah, it, It's just the universe is trying its best or it is, it's working on fixing whatever. And I don't even think there's anything to fix. It's just 
working its way out, you know? Yeah. yeah. I also remember when, like, co- <coughs> sorry, um, not, not- <laughs> I almost spilled the beans. Um, <laughs> when, you know, that was happening, I that was like the best time of my life because I've never felt so connected to myself. And I, I used to get really anxious when I would think about, Oh my gosh, like what if I drive the car and it tire pops? What if I go on this trip and I break a leg? What if like this happens and this happens and I would go down all these rabbit holes of like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. It's going to ruin my life. But the truth is like nothing will ever happen to you that isn't meant for your growth. And Mm -hmm. I used to feel really scared like something was going to constantly bad happen to me. But now every time something, I guess, labeled as bad happens, Mm -hmm. I find so much growth out of it. And I just connect deeper and deeper to myself. And I remember like I broke my ankle and tore my ACL at the same time. And that was like the most traumatic experience of my life. But if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't be the person I am today. So literally Mm -hmm. like all the against dense things that happen are actually like our greatest teachers yep for sure yeah yep i like how this was supposed to be a podcast about like ghosts (laughs) (laughs) yeah now i'm just like sitting here thinking but i i keep getting this like image and this feeling of like um when like kings and queens and people are in their power nobody can take that away from them because even if somebody took away their power they're still inherently a king or queen or whoever in between yeah like once we know our own power that's the scariest thing for society i'm not even gonna put labels and i think we all know what i'm trying to talk about like higher whatever okay nobody once we know our inherent power as humans nobody can take that away from us and that's terrifying for other groups of people and we the more ingrained we are in our own power whether other people know it or not that's all that needs to be known and that is so inherent and it runs so deep that it it just can't be taken away from us we think that it might be able to be but it just can't yeah for sure yeah i'm yeah, I was completely advanced in my spiritual journey with this this talk, this podcast. <laughs> I'm like in awe of like everything right now. This is like opened up a little bit deeper than I would expect. <laughs> is that does that feel good or does that feel weird? It's it's overwhelming, but it's like. I don't know. It's it's like an adrenaline rush. Like you know, it makes me excited for what's to come, and what I have now. Mm-hmm. Can I ask why it kind of feels overwhelming too? I don't know. It's just it's hard to let go of all these um, physical things because the the closer I get to finding my journey, I uh, I really like emotionally disconnect from all these things I have emotionally connected to previously and mm-hmm. it's almost as if some of these I mean a lot of the majority of I mean even personal belong- belongings have lost their value to me because they are no longer valuable and they don't serve me any purpose and it's almost as if I'm just getting rid of baggage I don't that doesn't belong to me anymore 
Yeah. So maybe find ways of grounding into your body and feeling back into that because that is a new superpower that is kind of unlocked. I'm so my power is still out in my house and my one light that's keeping like light on in my room out of pitch black just died. So now I'm sitting in the pitch black. (laughs) Get up and move for a second. The crazy thing is, is that I even, I was almost as terrified. Like it's extremely vulnerable for, I mean, me to be on here, you know, for the first time ever. And, you know, talking to a audience that I may never know, you know, and it's just, I don't know. Then that probably is something that goes along with how men are um, formed from society, but it's just very, I don't know. It's interesting. And like I said, overwhelming to actually do something. And then I don't know, I feel proud of myself and, I don't know. I'm glad to have this experience because if I didn't do it now, I don't think I would ever do it. Right. Well, I'm proud of you. I can also probably speak for Luca. I'm sure she's proud of you. Oh yeah. You're, (laughs) you're an OG Troy. You're doing God's work. Well, I appreciate y'all. Yeah. And you're brave. Like I gave you props, give yourself a pat on the back because there's only a few guys I know that I've done like a podcast episode with, I think only two. Leonard and Tucker and they're pretty advanced into like their own journey of like vulnerability and you know learning about themselves but a lot of guys I at like they'll ask if they can be on the podcast and then they just they they're not able to quite yet and I completely understand that and so um you're brave because you're not the only one who's done that who's like I've brought up want to be on a podcast episode and they're just not ready yet for that level of vulnerability but the world is ready to hear these vulnerable men's voices and they're ready to hear anybody with a masculine background or not even that, like anybody who's also listening, your voice deserves to be heard and you're inherently worthy to be seen and acknowledged. And I hope Troy, you know that, but anybody else that's listening, um, your voice is valuable. Even if you've been told your whole life, it's not. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's a wonderful way to end the podcast. I'm smiling. This is a good episode. Yes, it was. <laughs> talking at the same time, like a short. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, well, thank you all for listening. Do you guys have anything else to say? I think that's all. This is beautiful. Wonderful. All right, well, I love you and I appreciate you both. And I will, yeah, I'll talk to the audience later and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. All right, peace. Bye-bye.